Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And today is episode 75, which just we were just talking about it, it seems insane. It's like nearly two years since we started. Um and today we're really excited, really, really excited because we've got a little ray of sunshine for you, um, which is our very good friend Lee, aka the Gay Sober, on the pod today. Um, so we're going to be chatting about his experiences um, going sober and, and yeah, sort of that journey and what that's taught him and um check in with each other, really. We're all in different parts of the world, in different countries. Um, so let's get started so hi guys how you doing hello hi um so we always start with a check-in so lee how how are you today good uh yeah i've been really good i yesterday i had a re my first sort of day of uh, i had a real dip yesterday and um yeah i've been i've been all right and uh yesterday i just had this feeling of like emptiness which may sound a bit dramatic but um yeah but then i talked it through with my partner talked it through with my mate and realized it was i wasn't doing enough exercise i wasn't sort of eating the right stuff uh and then i um i felt all right yeah yeah you've been so quite I'm good poorly, to- haven't you yeah, I have, but um, yeah, yeah, I've, I'm over that now. I think it's still sort of hanging around a bit, but yeah, today feels like a good day. Good stuff. And Kate, how are you doing? Oh, oh. brilliant noise! Just so fed up. I'm all. Right. I'm all right. I'm kind of not all right. I'm all right. Stroke. No, I am all right. You know that that sort of mood where just like oh. I tried to do yoga a minute ago and I just switch. I'm doing it via Zoom with my lovely yoga studio and I just switched off my video and lay on the floor and pretended to do yoga with my video off. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of sums it up. I was just like, you know what, I can't. I just think I'm really suffering from all the easter eggs i ate yesterday because basically got to about five o'clock and all i'd eaten was chocolate Mm. and then i had a bit of dinner and then i ate crisps you know (laughs) days. (laughs) yeah and today i'm feeling like i wonder why i feel shit so you know i am all right in the whole scheme of things and in the grand scheme of things and have a fucking word with yourself i'm absolutely fine but in my own little world, I'm feeling a little bit shit. Well, <laughs> it, is, you, it is justified, I think, in it? <laughs> it's like each day as it comes. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, obviously, this, this is the first time we've done a pod in a while together because we've kind of been sort of sharing, having a bit of a break. But obviously, I kind of had a quite a big dip in the last kind of week or so, um, which luckily I've come out of. But, yeah, it's... Um, it's a strange old thing, isn't it? Um, and it's kind of hits you from no, for no particular, obviously I was very tired, but for, I'm always tired. Um, but I just hit a wall and just felt just completely disconnected from everything and everyone. And I mean, we spoke, didn't we? I couldn't string a sentence together. I was just like sort of head down, like, um, uh, and, um, mm, yeah, like, both yeah. of you 
thank you for looking after me because um you've both been checking in with me daily so I really appreciate that um and now I feel better I mean yeah I'm still really tired but it's just take each day that comes you know we've mm. just um I just worked out we're 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 a month now of confinement in France so four weeks in and they've just tonight they're gonna say another four weeks so mm. Mm. yeah but- I, are you finding as well, though, that like it's not really like one day at a time. It's sort of like one hour at a time. You know, I I don't feel like I'm on like I think I said this to you, Mandy. I'm not on like a roller coaster of emotions. I'm on like a space hopper <laughs> yeah. where it's like, you know what I mean? It's like I can walk from one room to another, and in that three seconds, I've completely changed my mood. It's re- and there there are similarities for me to uh, my early days of sobriety. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's, that was weird. kind of what was so strange about my sort of depressive episode, which was it was literally like I felt so bad. And then I kind of thought about it and retreated and had did loads of thinking about what I kind of needed and shut down. And then I had a bath and and then I was like, oh, I'm fine. Just yeah. Do you know thing. what you needed to do though? Do you know what you needed to do? Because Mandy, right, she got on when she could face me, she got on the WhatsApp and said, Oh, you know, when you leave your hair and don't wash it for a month to let the, all the na- the essential yeah. oils all replenish. And I was like, What are you doing? You're depressed. You need to go and bloody wash your hair. That's not gonna <laughs> help. So basically, you just need to stop being a dirty cow. <laughs> Wash your hair. Put some curlers in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and have a fucking word of yourself. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad we're not having this conversation last week because that probably would have done me in. It be <laughs> game over. Like, please speak gently to me, Kate. Please. Um, yeah, no, I, my daughter and my son, they're both doing it. They were like, oh, we saw this thing that if you like don't wash your hair for a month, this is like such a blag just to be like tweens and not wash. But they were like, your yeah. whole hair it, like comes back and you get all your natural serums back and your hair is like really luxurious. And I was like, okay, mm, sounds kind of gross, but yeah, okay. And then um, so we, yeah, they started, they're still going. I mean, it's... I'm having to like put sort of you know clips in my husband in my son's hair to um <clears throat> because it's so disgusting but anyway um yeah I, I couldn't last that and I did feel a lot better when I washed my hair so you're right <laughs> but um yeah I don't know it's a strange old world yeah. so Lee tell us about your journey then to being alcohol free right okay so um do you know what it's funny actually because when I used to sort of be asked this question I think it would probably take me about an hour and a half maybe to answer it because I'd be like well when I was three I think this happened and but now (laughs) I think I've sort of just got it down a little bit to I was just a hundred percent fed up of alcohol I was fed up of the way I 
drunk alcohol, the way alcohol made me feel, the way I acted on alcohol, the way I thought about alcohol. I mean, it just consumed me. It really did. If I wasn't drinking alcohol, I was thinking about alcohol. I was thinking about how to stop drinking it. Um, And I I would really like to know, and I've got no idea of this, but I'd really like to know uh, how long I thought I had a drink problem for. I think it was at least five years before I stopped, but I just wonder if it was longer. But I, I honestly can't remember that first sort of those first couple of times I realized. But I, like so many people, I just concentrated on the wrong thing. I concentrated on, am I an alcoholic? And that's all I was obsessed with, really, was, am I an alcoholic? Am I not an alcoholic? Okay, I've just seen or read something, and I'm not that person, so therefore I'm not an alcoholic, so I can carry on drinking. Um, so for me, it just got to the point where the hangovers were horrendous. The amount I would drink was really a a high, um, and I just knew something had to change, uh, for my mental health, for my health. Um, and yeah, so I, of course, this is not the first time I've stopped, um, but it is the one that's lasted and the one that's going to last now. Um, I, like most people who stopped drinking, went through the whole moderation thing, um, and that didn't work um, ever. So um, yeah, so so that's how that's what I needed to do. Really, is is just stop drinking. And um, and you know when you say sorry, we're going to do this, aren't we? Um, you know when you say about the moderation not working, can you expand on that a bit more? Yeah, I think of it's course. something that people can relate to. And it's when you're sober curious. I think some people like just go. Uh, and you hold on to it for ages don't you in the hopes that you'll do it yeah yeah oh god I, I literally tried everything to moderate so I would buy a certain amount of alcohol if I was drinking at home um and then I'd end up running to the shop to get more I would also I had a little card at one point with a felt tip and I'd like mark off like three or four I'd try and do that um and I could just never do it or even if Say I did drink three or four, I would be so proud of myself, I would then, the next time I drunk, drunk, drink double. Because it would be mm. like, you've done it, you've <laughs> yeah. only drunk three, so now, <laughs> therefore, you can drink eight now. Um, I it so was just, relate to that. It mm. was just absolutely ridiculous. And, or if I was moderating as well, I'd be really, really unhappy with my night out. So again, it's like, right, something is just not working here. I also went to the GP um, and I was told there, you know, to try moderating um, as if it was, you know, a brand new idea. There's something that I hadn't tried. And that, you know, it just it just never, ever worked for me, for me moderating. Mm. I would also be really jealous of people who could moderate, which I'm not at all now. I, I actually look at those people who I think could moderate now and I'm like, oh, God, I, you know, that that's too much. So I, th- I think as well, if you as soon as you start realizing you have to control something, that's the massive sign, isn't it, that you're not in control. As soon as you start going, right, I could only have four of this thing, then you're not in control of it. Even if I only still had four, it doesn't mean I'm really in control of it. It just means that I sort of did what I said I was going to do, which was bloody rare, really rare. (laughs) So when did you start drinking? Like if we delve a little bit back into the history, like when did you start? Were you was it something you started early and you you always drank the same way, or was there a time where you sort of saw a shift in how you drank and it changed? Yeah, there was definitely um, a shift. Uh, as a teenager, I didn't really drink um, not much anyway. And it's if we went out, we would just sort of I don't know. We just used to have a laugh. Really, it wasn't about who was the drunkest. 
Um, my family, I've not been, you know, my, my parents weren't big drinkers at all. Well, my mother hardly drinks. My dad didn't hardly drink. Um, it was really when I went away to drama college when I was 18. That's when I started to drink more and it was cooler to be hammered. And then my dad died when I was 18. Um, and that, looking back now, I realised that's actually when it really kicked in. Uh, the whole numbing, the numbing out, that's when it really kicked in. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day about, you know, the difference of people that drink to excess, like lots of people drink to excess. But that, and and that is problematic. But there's, there is a difference between drinking to excess to, to take pain away, and drinking to excess, you know, Mm. for fun or whatever, you know, and there, there is that, that market shift of when you start using alcohol, it changes, you know, it's like, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, when I was just thinking about friends that still drink a lot, there's definitely people there that I can identify that have a problematic relationship with alcohol. Mm. I mean, they all do because they drink too much, but there are those ones where I have warning signals and I was like, what are those warning signals? And those warning signals is the ones that are use, starting to use it to cope with difficult emotions, I guess. You know what I did when when we started talking on the podcast and I pieced mine together and I realised that I used it like that from the word go, like literally that. And then I didn't know as a teenager, I didn't really understand it because I was having fun, but I was definitely using it for that. So it didn't kind of become apparent. But but when now that I know, now I look back in, you know, hindsight, it was like, that's all it all it ever was for me. Mm. It was always going to be a problem. And not because I consider myself to be an alcoholic. I don't agree with all of that. But because there was trauma and there was uh, an emotional disconnect and it basically come, came from ACEs with me. Mm. and probably a bit of neurodiversity so even if you've used it like that from the word go I still wouldn't say oh, well let's slap the alcoholic label I don't you know because I don't feel like it's well unless it's helpful to you you know sorry anyway it's yeah, no, no, and that's the same with me like looking back now and I think because people so many people get caught in this kind of comparison it's like but am I like them or then that's what you said Lee it's like you know you're looking for those mm. signs that you're not like um someone um yeah and when I look back there was always I was always using it for something like it was either social anxiety or pain or something else so what what's your um area of biggest sort of personal growth do you think since you've been sober Oh, I, I mean, there's so many, I think. Um, I th- and that's the thing that shocked me most about getting sober, I think, is I thought it was going to be about stopping drinking. And it's been about so much more. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, which is something I learned from uh, Love Sober podcast, actually, is the shame thing. I think um, when I first ever heard you talking about that, I'll be completely honest. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that must be terrible for other people, but not for me. I've got no shame in my life. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, when you hear an idea and then like a little seed, it sort of grows, you know, and you start thinking, have I got shame? And um, and actually, I realized, yeah, there was three big things in my life that I was ashamed of. 
and um, uh, which one was my father, uh, the grief for my dad dying. And the other was because uh, I was really overweight as a young kid. And then the other one was being gay, which are three quite major ones, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, and even though earlier I said, you know, I, my drinking kicked in when my dad died. Don't get me wrong. I drank before that. You know, I did drink as a teenager and I would go to parties and drink. You know, it wasn't like I didn't drink. And, but obviously at that point, I probably needed one drink or two drinks. And I remember that feeling of being felt like I was being myself, you know, because it wasn't that I was being myself. It was that all those worries and those little voices were just stopping for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's so for me, the, the massive personal growth has been really addressing those three different things, um, which is definitely still work in progress. Um, and it was like a light bulb, uh, it's like, does the light bulbs come on or go off? Come on. It's like a light bulb came on. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who knows? Do they come Uh, on? Or do they, that's like one of those really like zen, one yeah. hand clapping questions, like does the light bulb come on or does it come on? <laughs> and I, I def- definitely didn't mean that. I just thought it had a brain fart then. So yeah, like a uh, light bulb came on <laughs> and I had to go back and look through things. I mean, I, I'm sure you two have done this as well. When I go back and map my journey through drinking now and through my life, it's like, it's the first time I've ever done it in the last year and, you know, 20 months. It's the last, first time I've ever stopped and gone oh my god that happened therefore that happened therefore that's why I feel like that today and it was just unbelievable so I've really I've really addressing um all those three areas of shame really um and I definitely can see why as a teenage kid who was desperately uh frightened of people knowing he was gay even though everyone else knew, um you know (laughs) I you know to the alcohol oh wow so not only can I, if I, you know, drink, I sort of look like I'm a bit crazy and a bit mad. I also I just stop the worries, really, you know. And was that kind um, of an entry point into the gay scene as well? Because I, I know a lot of people sort of, well, that I've talked about in the LGBTQT plus community have talked about mm. the importance of like drugs and alcohol not important but you know that the emphasis of that being that social lubricant and that kind of entry point to meeting people and yeah I don't know I wondered if that was part of that too for you um it was it no it definitely wasn't at the start at all um I again before I went to drama college I'd been to a couple of gay clubs in Swansea I mean wow uh (laughs) they were something else and um but you know I again we'd sort of have we'd go as a little group from my college and there'd be like five or six of us and then my friend would have a sarong and he changed to that in the toilet and we'd think it was absolutely crazy and then we'd just have like two drinks really Mm. three drinks um, but we would mess around and just have a laugh, you know. But then that definitely changed uh, when I moved to Cardiff uh, and then we used to go out. But to be honest with you, it wasn't just the gay clubs and bars. It was any bar or club I was in, I would get hammered, you know. So, yeah. And so what um, what has been the kind of process of, of dealing with this shame? Have you been to therapy or have you, I mean, how do you, do you write? What's your kind of... Yeah, so I I haven't been to therapy, but I would never say never because in the last twenty months, the changes that I've been through, um, I've really <clears throat> I've really opened up to the fact as well that it's okay to change one hundred percent of your thoughts on something and really go back on what you've said. Um, 
so and I think that is, that is, that's been really helping me to to, to change things. But I think uh, therapy wise, uh, uh, how, like how I've been dealing with it is just really trying to be honest with myself. Uh, try and maybe not to be so positive about every single thing and really looking back and going, right, what what was really happening there? Um, I've also found, I've, I've got a blog, which I don't write on that much, to be honest, but I've got an um, Instagram account, which I use quite a lot. That has helped me a lot, especially at the start, because at the start I was anonymous on it um, on purpose because I really wanted to make sure I was being 100% honest. And then that's, that, you know, that's been a real journey for me actually on Instagram the way that I remember when I first put my picture on there uh, my, uh, I couldn't eat my tea because my stomach was so like nervous and I was I just thought it was like the biggest thing ever to put my picture on there nobody noticed <laughs> nobody commented do you mean nobody said anything but I thought I was like front of you know front page of the news you know um but that was actually a really Aww. big step for Your me front page of our news <laughs> yeah. but I can you know, remember it's, it's, I remember having those conversations you know when we were kind of insta friends before we became real life friends I remember having those conversations with you about you know talking about at work or you know people finding out and it is a real fear for people and I I can really remember that um you know when I first started a long long time ago on Soberistas you know that like I would change where which country I lived in you know I was like I don't I can't remember where I was but I I would never say I lived in France in case someone might work out from what I was writing that I was who I was you know (laughs) by just that kind of link of an expat in France but yeah same here yeah like Mm. and you know the anonymous the anonymity is so helpful when you're just starting out though isn't it because it feels you don't have the confidence and you don't have the surety till later you're still like in a bit of a bloody mess aren't you well I I was I had such low confidence around it around my ability as well it's like oh if I if I say this, it's going to be all the judgment, but also I'm, I might fail at this and then there'll be the ridicule. And then, the, the, you know, all of that is lots of shame and low confidence. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. But but going back to like what I'm actually doing to deal with the shame is I, I honestly feel like I'm just at the start. Mm. I really do. I th- because even though I've been uh, sober, stopped drinking for 20 months, this only really uh, kicked in about last summer maybe a little bit before when I really sort of started to realize that. So I definitely think there's, there's a lot of work to do, but I'm, I'm excited by that. I think that, you know, the, the, the changes that have happened already, um, yeah, have, have made me better and made me understand myself more. So I'm, I'm quite excited about that to keep changing and to me to keep finding out things. Yeah. And that's the thing. Cause we are like, I, I don't know about you, but Kate and I, when we first began, we were like, oh, recovery, don't like this word. What does it mean? I'm not in recovery from anything. Like, And because it was yeah. focused on like alcohol and it's like, well, I'm not a recovering alcoholic. Like I'm not in recovery from alcohol. Like I had a problem with alcohol. I dealt with it. I don't drink anymore. Like that's done. But it's like, oh, it's all the other stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, recovering from, you know, trauma and and yeah, low self-worth yeah. and shame and, and yeah, self-esteem issues and kind of just general yeah. life. Well, it's not, so, yeah. It's because usually, isn't it? It's not about the alcohol or the addiction. It's actually about what's happened in your life. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's not. For, 
Yeah, I, and and you know, I've been listening to Tammy, um, not Tammy Salas. I've been doing Tammy's journaling course, which is great. But I've um, who is it? Sarah Blondin, and she she says uh, she's got a, a meditation on insight time called coming home, coming home to yourself, and that's genuinely what the sort of recovery stroke discovery thing feels like. Mm. I think. Yeah, like it's still got that weight to it, and that's why I still I want to go. No, I generally want to go. Like people who are doing it, they get it. But people outside, I want to kind of go. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like this heavy weighty shit. It, it's yeah. it's beautiful. You know, sometimes it can be hard, but life can be. Hard. Yeah, well, that's what you just yeah, said, right? It's exciting. It's like it's it's self discovery. Yeah. You know, it's like wow, I yeah. didn't know that about myself, and I can heal from that, and I can feel better, and and how wonderful is that mm. and I've got my whole life yeah. to like work this shit out and find what I like and and yeah and to sort of work through it it's gift rather than a you know something scary and horrible yeah definitely definitely I think as well since becoming sober as well um I've realized for me uh you, you know you're just saying about the language I think the language for me is really important of um, of being sober. I think, I mean, language for me is important anyway, I think. It's like I call lockdown saving humanity because I'm like, I don't want to be in self-isolation, so I'm going to call it saving humanity. So then that makes me feel as if I am saving humanity Which rather than just in lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. So every and time the I language, say, yeah. <laughs> say to Mark I'm like you know this saving humanity is actually really hard today but like that's fine because I'm saving humanity (laughs) (laughs) but I think but for me like but But it's true (laughs) it's really true I think and but language I think I mean I hated the word sober when I stopped drinking um I I would never have used that which is sort of why I then challenged myself I suppose to uh for one Instagram, I, I've got it in my name, like the gay sober, just because I wanted to put it out there. But um, I still, I still do not always use sober in front of certain people. I've noticed that. Mm. I'll uh, I, more than anything, I say stopped drinking, I, or I don't drink alcohol anymore. Um, I try. I think I try and keep it as as small as possible. The language, in a way. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it, it, I think that is important. Like I was saying, the word alcoholic. If I just stopped focusing on that word and just realized that I had a drinking problem that's what I need to to look at I think I could have got here sooner but who knows who knows yeah it's difficult isn't it that whole thing Mm. so what's in your um self-care sober toolkit um I don't know I think um knitting talking Knitting, knitting's a big thing. I think talking is massive for me. Communication, like yesterday, really. Um, I'm I'm really big into um vo- WhatsApp voice messages. I absolutely love leaving them and receiving them. And um, I yesterday when I was feeling really empty and just a bit down, I left a really long one for my mate. And then and and by me talking about it out loud, by the end of it, I was like, oh, I know what this is now. And then uh, my partner came in and I talked to him about what was going on. And then it was just, I, I, I could work that out. And I feel like with sober, being sober, that's off when I'm having a bit of a dip or a bit of a, or I feel like I'm being maybe left out of something. Um, when I talk about it and communicate it, that's, that's a big thing for me. Um, 
uh, Instagram is on there, but I mean, I, I have a bit of a love hate with Instagram, as I'm sure we all do, really, you know. But that I, I, I had a big break from it um, last last year in November. I was like, I'm leaving. I just can't. It's just I'm checking it all the time. It's too many comments and too many. And like, you know, I was just a bit dramatic. Um, so I decided to leave. And it was a bit like, you know, when bloody Jerry Spice, you know, killed herself in her first video when she left the Spice Girls. I was like, goodbye, everybody. This is me. I'm done here. I, I, I'll never see you again. Goodbye. And then, you know, three, three months later, I was like, three months later, I was like, hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> but, but the reason I left Instagram now with hindsight is because I was having a really rough time in work. Uh, there was a few other things going on. So that was just, you know, like it was like one step too far, Instagram. Whereas I should have just deleted the app maybe. Um, but what I really noticed in my break from Instagram is that I really missed, because I only follow sober people. That's That's been my rule on Instagram. Um, and I really missed that little community and I missed reading about it all the time and seeing people's videos about it. So weirdly, well, maybe not weirdly, for me, Instagram's actually quite a big a, a big mm. part of it now. Big tool for you. Yeah. What about, can I ask you about, because I know that you're, you're a performer, aren't you? And you're, you know, you love your drama. And you love yeah. your drama. Oh, I love my drama. No, but, um, that's off. no. you're but an actor. How, is yeah. how much does creativity? Yeah, you're an actor. That's what I meant. Sorry, <laughs> but how much does your creativity um, support? You know, your being sober and your well-being and your mental health. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think this is one of the things I, I, I see all the time, and I think we all do, is how creative people become when they become sober. And it's it's amazing. And for me, uh, it's just made me so much more focused. It's made me um, not just dream about stuff, but maybe take steps towards that. Um, it's uh, I've since I became sober. I uh, oh, I've recently done an acting job. It was cancelled because of because um, of what's going on at the moment. But it was just the most joyous and brilliant um, experience because I wasn't drinking. Um, and I did a job last summer where I had to live away, uh, so I had to live in London. Um, and that again was amazing because I realized I gravitated to completely the different people that I would have usually if I'd been drinking. I made a couple of friendships, which were real friendships, not people that I hung around with just because they could drink 10 pints after the play. Um, and, and yeah, I was just on it much more in rehearsal and, and everything. Cause as you can imagine for, I mean, I, I know you could say this about loads of professions, but as an actor, woof, it's easy to drink, you know, it's like yeah. you do your play in the night, then everyone's like, should we go to the pub? Like, yeah, you don't have to get up in the, the next day. You're not called in the theater till like half a six. It's, it's also such a common thing that actors, um, that, actors drink a lot that it's it's just not even mm. looked at you know it's just like but that is changing definitely um and the flip side of that is when I did this job my first job last summer and I was sober and I was talking to people about it uh, the, I mean you couldn't have got more caring and thoughtful people about it actually and who were open-minded because at this you know the flip side of me saying oh you know some actors do drink a lot the flip side of that is we know that so then people are quite open to that and um, yeah. and really sort of take that on board and are really thoughtful about that and you were amazing um it was midsummer night's dream in the open air theater in was it in 
in Regis, Regis Park. Park, which is just like the most oh, incredible beautiful. venue. Um, yeah, especially for Midsummer Night's Dream as well. It was like perfect, wasn't it? Yeah, it was wicked. Mm. What do, who were you? What was your role? Because I, I didn't make it, did I? I really wanted to come. Yeah, I was, um, oh my God, was I snug or snout? snout? I can't remember. I was the wall, basically. <laughs> snout, that's yeah. it. Snout. <laughs> I was the wall. I was the wall. Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. Amazing. Really good. Yeah, it was one of the best I've seen. So but seen, also yeah. there's that. So I was going to say that I know because I love um, my musical theatre. Yeah. Um, and there's the adrenaline afterwards, isn't it? That's Oof. the other reason. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of prevalent, not only that sort of creative personality, but the highs that the spikes of you get after um yeah, after performing. Yeah, and without that, a doubt. Sort of, we're not really taught. I don't know if you're taught that in, in drama schools, how to regulate your kind of nervous system. No, you definitely not. They give you not. any help with that? No, no definitely yeah. not. What? Yeah. Yeah, that's so <laughs> yeah, true. That's, that's what everyone does. And also, you know, you go to the pub because you're usually living away from home and rather than go back to, you know, uh, uh, your, your sort of digs or this little room you're staying in where, you know, the landlady waits up for you and, you know, it's like, hello, have you ever been on EastEnders? No, I haven't been on EastEnders. So rather than go back to that house, <laughs> sometimes you're like, let's just go to the pub together, you know with these new new friends that you've got. But, uh, but I, what I would say, though, it, which is brilliant, um, I sit on, like, a panel for uh, a drama college to, for, for the additions, and um, a lot of the students there now are really openly talking about mental health, which is amazing because, and it's, be, you know, it's an industry where it really needs to be looked at because, well, it is being looked at, which is fantastic, and there's been some really big changes recently. Sorry, this seems a bit off topic of being sober, but it, but it's not No, really not at all. Because I think... Yeah, because it's sort of it, mm. it, it's 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 just massively important. But there's big stuff being done, and you know, I work with a lot of young people because when I'm not acting, I teach. And the way how the way they can openly talk about that, I just think it's absolutely amazing. I, I respect it so much, you know. And if that helps them at all, it'd be amazing. Well, that's the thing, and that I guess that's like because I had a bit of a we we were talking about this Instagram kind of when we go through these love hate things. And it's like sometimes it feels like your voice is taken away by the algorithms or by like the kind of noise of promotion and stuff like that. And then it's like when you get back to what the essence of what it was and for me was like being honest about my mental health and my sobriety, I had that kind of click again. But also that kind of click of activism of like we don't talk the, the conversation about mental health and alcohol is still not on the table and it needs to be. And, mm. you know, what's going on at the moment, there's all these people that are highly anxious and are drinking. And, you know, I don't mm. blame them and I don't shame them because there there is no education about your emotional well-being. And also that alcohol is a depressant and, you know, and bad for your brain. So it's like it kind of clicked that back in. And then when you talk to young people and you, you know, and as a sober person and, you know, I talk to my kids about their emotions, it's like, this is impactful that like, this is important because they're being able to see another way of coping and dealing with their emotions. And that's not what we're taught. So, 
um, I think it's hugely relevant, you know, because that's the bigger picture, isn't it, of why we well, speak out yeah. loud. There is that that bigger picture, but there's also the, the other piece that's not being talked about, which I'm passionate about because of my son, which is the neurodiverse link. Yeah. yeah. And it's people who, you know, are, are neurodivergent or whatever that is, you know, because we seem to a lot of us be. And how many of us like identify that as that in the sober community? Yeah. And why are our prisons so full of men with ADHD? It's like there's yeah. such so no to what go back to what you said, Lee. I don't think you are off topic. I think you're bang on topic. You know? uh, yeah, yeah. And 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 I think actually that's the thing, isn't it? So many times I talk about something with someone, or or I start to realise something like the gay shame, as I mentioned earlier, which is just so massive. And I've gone back and really looked at that. That is so linked with my drinking. It's unbelievable. Mm. You, you know, so 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 that there's all these things. It feels like often everything comes back, not necessarily to alcohol, but to that numbing out as a society because we all have our own thing going on. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and that's the thing of you know, it's that's why getting sober is hard because we have to learn a different way, and it's like, and that's why people get feel so ashamed when they can't do it because they think they should be able to just do it but you can't just do something that you don't know how to do like you have to learn ways of coping with you know stress and anxiety and ways of like having fun and 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 joy and all these things and deconstructing all these messages that we've had like it's you know it's a hard it's not easy but it's worth it you know, and when you have the right support systems and you have people around you um, that get it, that's what makes the difference. You know, if I didn't have people yeah. like that sent me ridiculous voice notes like you, Lee, like I wouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be able to pick myself up. You know, if I didn't have a sober sister in Kate, I wouldn't be able to pick myself up. And and. I think that's the biggest kind of message for me at the moment when I'm talking, you know, because I've got a few clients and when I'm talking to people, it's like find community, just talk to people, like talk to the people that know. And that's what you're saying when you come back to Instagram. It's like, oh, my people are still there. And it helps because you're like, I'm not alone. And this is hard and it's joyous and it's wonderful. And it's all these things. But, you know, there is no shame because I'm not the only person that's gone through this, you know, and that's like, that's the wonderful thing, which I never expected. Yeah. Mm. I, 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 I found so bloody frustrating as well, right, about drinking and having a drinking problem and alcohol is that everything I thought I believed was completely bloody wrong. <laughs> like, you know, I thought I'd never, <laughs> you know, I thought I'd never have fun again. Yeah. Right now I actually have real fun. I thought I wouldn't be able to connect as well with my friends. Oh my God, the connections are so much stronger. I was worried even about my relationship with my husband. Like, and I think back to that and I'm like, what? I thought if I stopped drinking, we wouldn't be able to be together. Like, and again, that was completely wrong. Um, I, I mean, as you two know, and, and other people listen, I could go on and list all these things that I thought would be worse and are so much better. But it's because as well, isn't it, from a young age, all we've seen are those lies and those beliefs around us that you're cool or you're funny or you're, you know, you're, I don't know, whatever it is, it makes you happy, it relaxes you. You know, all that bollocks is completely wrong. And I look back and think, Christ, I was hoodwinked for such a long time. It's just, it's, it, and, you know, that is just mad. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it is. It's like all of this. It's like calling bullshit on on everything. (laughs) There's not one area. There's not one area. God damn it. Really? (laughs) That hasn't improved. It's like, well, okay. Yeah, and, you know, and being in this this situation we are now – you know, it's like we are lucky because we've got tools. Like we've learned, you know, how to kind of manage our and sort of. I mean, you know, depends on the day, the hour, um, <laughs> yeah. when we can get off the. Uh, but, yeah, what's it called? The hopper or not? <laughs> yeah, but that's that's what's mad about the anxiety thing, isn't it? Because you know, I I I knew that when I drunk, I, I didn't suffer from anxiety, but I knew that when I drunk, I would get anxious the next day. But I, I, I knew that, but I couldn't quite realize that if I stopped drinking, then I wouldn't get anxious. You know, you, you sort of just don't sort of join the dots. And, and, that, and that's just, uh, you know, another thing, which I, I just can't quite get over that. I didn't just go, right, just stop drinking. But why would you? Because you don't know, like you can't know something that you don't know. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that comes back to sort of education. Yeah. It's like if we're not telling young people yeah. that, about GABA and about you know neuroscience and about neurotransmitters in the brain if we're not telling if we're not giving people it's like with anything isn't it it's like with with sort of your sexuality if you don't give people the tools to understand that people are are different people have emotions people are who they are you know we have a brain everything physiologically mind body soul then they can't know what they don't know and that's why they're ignorant. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, I'm I'm all about blaming the government today. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Why not? But it's Excellent. true, you know. And it's like, who funds the government? Alcohol industries fund the government. You know, it's yeah. it's all. I mean, their fault. That's that, that's one of the things which is which is hard, isn't it? About when you want to stop drinking and you feel lonely and you feel ashamed and you don't know who to tell, if to tell anyone. And then a lot of um, uh, and I know you've spoken about this before, but a, a lot of the people you do turn to, they drink. Mm. And I mean, I mean, professionals or GPs, you know. And I'm not, of course, not slagging yeah. all GPs off, but my experience was very negative. But I'm, you know, yeah, that person. Too that person was probably still drinking. So how can they sit there? They're not going to give me the, well, I was just told to moderate. Brilliant. Thanks for that. You've solved it. Let's go. You know, it was. Yeah. Did you find as well, like when I I went to a counsellor and, you know, this, uh, this is, I've talked about this on the podcast where um, he basically sort of said that he went and drank three pints a night and he said oh to change my relationship with alcohol I need to get a bottle of beer out of the fridge and look at it and go I love you right yeah. <laughs> so I'm laughing about this now yeah <laughs> right I can't believe what I can't understand what my point was I can't I, can't, I forgot what I was gonna say what was I gonna say oh uh, we're talking yeah. about EP I mean it, it's giving just, you advice you drunk yeah, I don't know. Well, there's, you know, I'll, I'll remember in a minute. But yeah, it's just like, do you I do that now? Say, you, but I think that says, yeah. yeah. Do you do it now with a loaf of bread, though? <laughs> do you get the bread out of the bread bin and like, I love you? Because, good crispy God. Krispy Kreme donut. But it's put. I ate two Easter eggs yesterday. And then I was wondering why I felt dodgy. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I just don't feel right. It's because I'd ate so much sugar. I was probably, you know, it's not a massive downer, probably. Yeah. Oof. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I think, but this is a, but that's putting alcohol on a pedestal. That's the thing is the, the wrong messaging, isn't it? It's like quite often we're like, yeah. we're told to revere it like this wonderful thing, like just have it, but just don't oh, have I too know much of it. I was going to say. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I was going to say. It was that, that when I went to counselling, it was seen as an extreme thing to stop drinking. It was seen as evidence yeah. of the fact that I was extreme. And using a CBT model, they you say, or oh, avoid black and white thinking. And it was thrown back at me as an evidence of black and white thinking rather than calling bullshit on an addictive, depressant, carcinogenic sub, uh, substance. So all the way through the mental health industry is not alcohol-informed. It is not because, like you say, because a lot of them are drinking themselves. They've never questioned mm. it. It's yeah. a fucking outrage. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. So anyway, that's my yeah. point. And, yeah. um, <laughs> and concisely made, may I say. Um mm. but yeah I mean it 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 uh it's rife with and and again it's not trauma informed and it's not um it's not informed if you're outside the box of a white heterosexual male essentially you know so that's Mm. the deconstructing for and I think that's why so many you know why there is this kind of um link between kind of yeah the lgbtq plus resonance of shame and things like that and the women's movement because it is we're we're facing we're still getting left out of the conversation in different ways aren't we so mm-hmm. it's the patriarchy's <laughs> comes down to that you know <laughs> I love it. so what in in terms of um your Instagram. I mean, if people don't know it, yeah. Um, why did you set it up? What's your? I don't know. What 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 brings you joy about doing it? Certainly brings a lot of people joy. So, yeah. Why do you keep yeah. doing it? So, so I stopped drinking in the July, and um, I was just. It was just. I was on my own in my own little sober bubble. I didn't listen to any podcasts really. I didn't. Um, I'd read. I, I did read quite a few books. Uh, a few quitlet books. Um, but I was just. I, f- I felt very lonely in it. Um, amazingly, since then, my best friend stopped drinking. My sister stopped drinking. Uh, there's quite a few people around me now, which, which is fantastic. But um, I'd heard about the um, Club Soda Mindful Drinking Festival so in 2019 in January. So I was like, my, by then, my best mate had given up drinking as well. And I was like, let's, I'll just drive up. We'll drive up and we'll drive back that day. Let's just go up. And then, um, and then, you were on the panel, Mandy, uh, and you started, there was like four of you on a panel and your sort of one of your main messages that day was just to share your story, share your story, um, which will help other people. So I was just like, I don't really know how to share my story. And then I thought, oh, maybe I could set up an Instagram account. Um, and that's how I started the Gay Sober Instagram account, really. And really quickly, it started to help me. I felt um, I was getting loads of information from lots of other people, um, which I found really helpful. Um, and, you know, I, I, I had actually, I'd, ris- I'd already heard um, your podcast then by that point, um, guys. Uh, I think maybe that's that could have been how I found out about it or, or on Twitter. So, um, but then I really started investing more my time into listening to podcasts um, and stuff like that. 
but the Instagram account, I've just, yeah, I, I, I love doing it and I love meeting people from it. Um, and then when it's doing my head in, I just come off right. it. Do you know, you know, I just, I just put it down and I will be honest. Um, the last few weeks I do find I'm checking it all the time, but I'm checking my phone all the time. You know, you have those like sque- uh, weekly screen reports. My screen report the other week was up 146%. I was like, Oh my God. It said I was on the phone for seven hours a day. I was like, Oh my God, seven hours. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, yeah, because I listen to loads yeah, of podcasts, you know? Thank goodness for yeah. audio. No, and also yeah. because you're, <laughs> yeah. you're saving humanity at the moment. So what else are you going to do? Thank you, Kate. Exactly. The last few weeks is saving humanity has been absolutely manic, you know? So, um, yeah. But I, th- I think it's really, uh, it's, it's sort of something I would like to say to the two of you, really, because as soon as I found your podcast, and I've literally gone from episode one, that's when things really did start to change for me, because you discuss things so openly and so honestly, and um, it just made me start questioning a lot of stuff. So honestly, I, I can't thank the two of you enough for your podcast, and it, it, it's almost quite surreal being here, and I sort of keep forgetting we're getting recordings, I feel like I'm just chatting to you, but it's um yeah, but gen- genuinely genuinely thank you um the stuff that you speak about and have made me think about is be it, it, it's more than you can know really and especially especially the whole shame thing um around my sexuality around grief because that's actually changed something within my family and if i hadn't have heard um that podcast that could really easily not have happened and it would have it was almost like a re- it was like a this key uh, in a lock for me that just unlocked loads of other stuff. And um, yeah, on- honestly, thank you so much, genuinely. Wow. Aww. Thank you. <laughs> We're like super. No, I, I, mean, I mean it. I mean it. We had a conversation the other day, don't we, about how much we love each other but in a very British way. It was like, I love you, Lee. <laughs> yeah, I love you, man. Okay. Talk about the weather. I think we are really bad, though, at uh, giving and receiving compliments, you oh, know, in yeah. the UK. And, and, but, it, but, it, but that's just mad, isn't it? Because literally, if you're, you're trying to tell two people that they've done something that has literally changed your life, that's okay. <laughs> you know, that's okay to say that. But you can almost feel embarrassed saying yeah. it. It's, it's interesting, isn't oh, it? Well, thank you. And uh, yeah, and uh, you've certainly... Mm been a massive uh yeah part of my sobriety discovery and um joy so like yay for sober life um yay. yeah you're you're both all right you know i suppose you know, <laughs> I, know. I know you weren't talking you know, i know you weren't talking to me anyway but, yeah you know. you're all right as well dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh. so um yeah, what's so your we, what's your tips? Your top tips for for people? What would you say? Your tip of the day. Oh, oh, are we there? Are we there? Uh, tip of the day. Yeah, uh, <laughs> tip of the day and a reason to love sober. Ah, uh, uh, we're there. Um, I just think. Um, do you know what one of the thing, one of my tips is is to not not to be a sober martyr. I think actually, when it comes to social things, I don't don't. I, I see sometimes a lot of people like, oh, I went to this thing and I hated it. I, I just don't go. 
And I know that sounds very simple and like sometimes life gets in the way and you have to go to these things. But sometimes I think it's absolutely fine just to say, I'm not going, even if you need to tell a white lie, especially at the start of your sobriety. Um, I, at the start, pushed myself to go to stuff and it was really, really unhelpful. Um, and I would go then. It was like a bloody endurance test. And I, I, who was I doing it for? I, I, I don't know who I was doing it for. So I think it's really... My sober tip is just honestly, if you don't want to do something, don't do it. And I, I mean, don't. I mean, if you don't want to do something that's revol- um, revolving around alcohol, I mean, you know, just don't do it. I, th- I do think it can be as simple as that. Yeah, it's a good tip. Yeah, it is a good tip. Just give yourself a break, isn't it? Mm. Really. Yeah. And what's your reason to love sober today, Lee? Fuck a doodle dandy. I mean, you know, how many, you know, good list about 3,000. And today, do you know what today, I think having what we just spoke about as well, I think today it's, it's just my relationships, my relationships with people, how they've improved. And yeah, for, that's the reason I love sober is just the way my relationships have improved with people and myself. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank oh, you both. So lovely. So oh, lovely I was so chuffed. Thank you for asking me on. It was absolutely lovely. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, lots of love to you. So if you're uh, immediately concerned about your drinking, just reach out. You can contact us at info at lovesober.com or Alcohol Change has agencies of local support in your areas. Um, you can check uh, the uh, Soberistas for the anonymous Ask the Doctor service um she recovers um oh we're doing i'll give a little shout out to sober saturdays we're doing a bit of a sober saturday club and you can find that we'll link it um where a few communities coming together um who is it it's the sober experiment it's us it's sober dave it's william porter who wrote um alcohol explained and it's simon chapel of be sober and quit as well and And who's on Uh, this week matt um... And yeah, guests come on. Uh, rock sober on this week, and then Leave and then sober. next week it's it's Lee and Millie. Um, we'll oh, see you again so, there. So yeah, so if you come to yeah, see you again there. So it's um it's sober Saturdays, and um, we'll yeah, link there's a Facebook it and you group. Can you join the Facebook can group and just watch live, or you can join us on Zoom. Uh, all the links are on our Instagrams yeah. and we'll put it on the show notes as well. It's just, you know, through this period, it's really nice just to come together. And um, and in the groups, there's the the uh, ones that have happened already. There was Janie Lee Grace. There was um, Claire Pooley and Julia Carson. So, yeah, check them out. They're good resources. Yeah. So just it's just that thing that we're talking about with Lee today of just kind of being together and supporting each other and being together really for extra support so and stay safe and we'll see you next week for more chat